This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to jump in the Word because the Word is good. Amen? I mean, no, we need the Word. I mean, need some medicine this morning? How many are really addicted to the Word of God? Anybody in here addicted? Anybody want to be addicted? Father, for every hand raised that wants to be addicted, answer that call. <laughs> he will. That's his will. There's too many people living by meat alone. <laughs> We're not called to live that way. We need the Word of God. Uh, you know, I've been talking about the blessed family. And the blessed family it's turned in almost to a marriage seminar, but I thought it'd just be a couple times, and this is the sixth one. But um, we're going to talk about parenting today some and about children. So uh, many of you told me last week that you were tired of getting elbowed. And, uh, well, every time you were elbowed, that was a message. So pick up on the message and walk it out, <laughs> and you will be good. Uh, our youth are at Warriors Fest, so you know uh, some of our young people are there, and uh, had some uh, some parents that stayed away too. They said, "Look, we're taking a mini vacation since the kids are gone." I think that's okay. I think that's okay. <laughs> uh, I want to read to you Genesis eight twenty two. This isn't in your notes, but. I just want to talk about seed for just a moment. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Uh, the Word of God talks about seeds many times. And seeds take many forms. We talked about sowing a seed financially, which is a correct principle of the Word of God. Uh, to have a good marriage, you've got to sow seeds of love into your marriage. To have friends... What does the Bible say? If you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. Say friendly. So you've got to sow words or seeds of friendship. Everything that you do operates on seed time and harvest. And God wants us to know that we can plant good seeds and we will reap a good harvest. That we can use it to our advantage. Because what you sow, you reap but we can sow what we choose to sow we have the choice what we sow what kind of seed that we're sowing well not me pastor I had no choice I'm just I'm just a rascal I was born that way I was a little rascal now I'm an old rascal I'm just a rascal and all I do is sow seeds of discord Everywhere I go, and I like it. Well, God doesn't like it, and you need to stop liking it, and you need to sow some uh, seeds of forgiveness, and you need to sow some seeds of repentance and start walking in the love of God and find some mercy. Say mercy. Some of you are still asleep this morning. That's okay. Mark chapter 4, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower, and he talks about the seed sown and uh, four different soils, and we know that's the heart, 
And the seed there is the Word of God. There is an incorruptible seed that is always producing a good crop, and that's the Word of God. And we need the Word of God in our lives today like never before because have you noticed the news has amplified? I mean, it will interrupt my phone calls now. And news comes up. I've tried to stop it. I don't know how it's getting there. I want this notification stopped. I don't want to hear about every single news event that happens in the earth. And it's just flashing News, 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 this happened, this happened, this happened. Cut it. Cut it out. Don't need to know all that. Amen? Anybody with me on that? We need to stop having so much Facebook time and have some FaceTime with God. We need to get in His Word because we're to live by His Word. His Word will change your life. So we need to sow those kind of seeds. But I'm going to talk about a different seed this morning, a seed that's very valuable and, and precious to all of us, and that's your children. Because the Word of God talks about seed being children. And we need to learn what God says about our children, about children. In Genesis 17, 7, and this is when uh, God's, the Abrahamic uh, covenant, God speaks of seeds as children here. You'll see it. And you see this translated seed over 200 times. Verse 7, it says, I will establish my covenant, covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I want you to want you to see here that God is multi-generational. God is into a, a legacy of faith being passed down to your children. He wants the faith that you have passed down to your kids. He wants to see families that are, are built in relationship with Him. Unless the Lord builds the house. He wants to see a big, big family. The old song, I like it, God has a big, big house and a big, big yard and we can play football and you can score a touchdown every time. You can kick a field goal from 100 yards. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm not sure. Everybody's going to score every time. But what about defense? They're going to block your shot every time. I don't know. Maybe he's going to take away the supernatural and... <laughs> For a while, we'll play in the natural. I don't know. But I know we're going to play football, right? Wasn't that a song? Wasn't that in Scripture? Okay. Wrong translation there. Okay. Bob's translation. Okay. He wants our life in Christ to be our children's life and also our grandchildren. He's always had this plan. That's the reason he talks about being the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's talking about multi-generational. And we must be generational-minded. Generational-minded. See, the devil is after your seed. And we see that all through Scripture. He's after your children. He's after your seed. He'll concede that you have come to the Lord, but he wants to get your children. He wants to stop them. 
He wants to stop God's plan because God's plan is for this relationship that you have with him to be passed down to your children and to their grandchildren and to their kids and for this thing to keep being passed down because God has a plan. It's always been a plan to have a big, big family. And the enemy tries to stop it by stopping your children, stopping your kids. Satan attempted to kill God's seed, Jesus. Remember? We have an enemy, and we have to be aware that's attacking your children, that's after the kids. Jesus was able to come in the earth because people cooperated with him through the generations. That's how Jesus came into the earth because there was people through the generations that were cooperating with God, obeying God, and Jesus was able to be birthed into the earth. Why? Because God's a generational God. He's in to families, in to our kids. The devil fears families passing their faith down. The devil fears families that are raising and training their kids to serve God, to have a relationship with God. The devil fears children that are walking in, in the Spirit, following after God at a young age. He fears it because he knows it will bring damage to his kingdom. He's afraid of it. And I say if he's afraid of it, that's where we need to go. We need to show our children God's love. We need to show, man, we need to show our, our children uh, the heart of the Father. Moms, we need to show that compassion. We need to be that one that brings the word in due season, that brings that wisdom, brings that insight. The devil fears you producing a legacy of faith. He wants to stop in Genesis 18, verse 17. It says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. It's amazing. I, I love the scripture. I've, I've meditated on this through the years that Abraham was chosen by God to be the father of our faith, the one that would carry this, this covenant. We get in on the Abrahamic covenant. But this, this covenant came to pass because God knew Abraham that he would teach his children, that he would train his kids, that he would pass down the relationship that he had with God, that Abraham would pass that down to his children. And he said, because of that, that I know him, I need someone that will train their kids. I need someone that will pass on a legacy of faith that I can build my kingdom and my family through. The devil hates it because it's always been God's plan and he's against the plan of God. Did Abraham's faith work? 
Yes, because the nation of Israel was raised up because of Abraham's faith. I can even go beyond that. Listen to this, Galatians 3.29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You are a part of Abraham's devotion to God to pass on that relationship with God. His faith. We're Abraham's seed. In fact, you can see later on, Jesus is even called the seed of Abraham. God is into family. Just lift your hand and say, I'm in the family. Because God's a family God. I'm in the family. That means you're in the people. You might be single, but you have family here. You're to have family, all of us. None of us are called to walk alone. When you walk alone, you start getting isolated. Then you start getting bitter. Then you start getting offended at anything. You offend yourself. You're a walking offense. And all you're doing is isolating yourself. But no man's called to be an island. We're called to walk together. We need someone to encourage us. We need someone to lift us up. We need someone to speak the truth to us. In love, but to hear the truth. We need someone to walk beside us and just say, I'm praying for you. I'm with you. We need each other. And that was God's plan all along. What's the devil trying to do? He tries to break up family. He wants you to walk alone. He wants you to be isolated. He wants you to be offended and just to yourself. But that's not the plan of God. That's not God's way. God's way is that we're connected to each other. And we need what God has in you to be released because nobody can release the God in you like you can. You're unique and special. No one's like you. No one. That's what a statement. No one's like you. We sing, no one's like you, God. Well, no one's like you because he made you. Abraham's faith lives on. Remember Joshua and Jericho? First place when the Israel was going into the promised land. And you remember they were to walk around Jericho, walk around it. Then they were going to shout, blow the trumpets, and the walls come down. You ever wondered why the walls had to come down? Couldn't God, wasn't he powerful enough just to blast a hole in the side of that wall and they could all go through and attack that city? But he didn't. He wanted the walls to come down. Why did he want those walls to come down? Well, I believe it had something to do with the God that those Canaanites, and that's who was in uh, Jericho, who they served. They served a God called Molech. Molech was a God after your seed, after your children. Molech was this image, this brass image, demonic image, but made of brass, who had the head of a bull. And in his belly, there was this oven that you could pass through. It was an oven. It was a fire in it, very hot. And 
to be acceptable to be a worshiper of Molech, you had to have your child pass through the fire. Now, this is very, it's hard to imagine, but a mother would take her living baby to Molech and roll that baby into the fire and watch that baby burn to death. If you imagine that the baby, I don't want to imagine. <laughs> but it's a horrible scene here. But this was the worship of Molech. And what was the mother to do? The mother was to dance and rejoice. Because if she showed any sadness whatsoever, it was not acceptable. And she had to get the next child. It was just one for families. Now, if you just had one child, that was it. Your family, that was, that was it. And this child was burnt to death. And it had to be acceptable. You had to give it with worship and dance and rejoicing at what you were doing. They would collect the ashes later, and they would put them in jars. They put the baby's ashes in jars, and then they would insert these jars into the walls of Jericho. The walls were a living memorial to Molech. It was a living memorial of this demonic God, and those walls represented his kingdom and his trophies of what he had stolen for his demonic ruler, Satan. So when God had those walls come down, he was declaring judgment against a God named Molech who was stealing the seed of families that he loved, of children that he loved. Now you say, that could never happen in America. But in 1973, the Supreme Court of the United States of America legalized abortion. And if you've ever studied how those children, how their life is taking, it's, it's horrible. But they're taken alive. 57 million since 1973 have been aborted. Now let me say this, if you're in here and you've had abortion, thank God for His forgiveness. Just ask God to forgive you. The blood of Jesus, the cross, is big enough to where, where we've blown it. But what I want you to see, that God Molech is still here today. And He's still stealing the seed. He's still after your kids. And any place where your kids, they're... They're being swayed by this world. Because I want to show you what happened to, to Israel. It's interesting when you read in Leviticus 18 verse 21. And you shall not let any of your descendants, your seed, pass through the fire to Molech. Nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. 
you would think Israel took this command and, and did not have their children pass through the fire. But I'm sorry to say, they copied this practice. It says there's a valley outside Jerusalem called the Valley of um, Gehenna. And they went and had their kids pass through the fire and be burned to death. It said that they compromised or they gave into the culture of that day. Peer pressure, compromise. They assimilated into the culture of that day and they just went along with it and they started having their kids pass through the fire. I want you to know Satan is after your seed. And he's not waiting for your kids to grow up. He will attack them before they're born. He will attack them after they're born at a young age. He's after your seed and we've got to take it seriously. That's in your notes. The enemy doesn't wait till your children are grown to attack them. And we know that the basic values of a child are formed in their early ages. And it comes from their family. The devil knows this also. A Barna study, the Barna group, study they did, they said that 64% of all Christians made the decision to follow Christ before age 18. Most people who make a decision for Christ are saved before age 18. No wonder, and we're going to see in a minute what our responsibility is, our priorities. No wonder God wanted us training our children. Because there's something about kids, they just believe you. They just believe. You can tell them anything. When they're young, I mean, you can be driving down the road. Well, there's an elephant in that tree. Where? Or you tell your kids, jump. And they're young. They just jump. You better be ready to catch them. They're coming. Let's say, trust you to catch them. Kids assimilate very easily. And we are the ones that protect them and show them what to assimilate. Because we want them to get the truth. We want them to be impacted by truth. But the enemy knows this and he just wants to stop them. He wants to set up things for them not to follow Christ. But so we underestimate what Jesus can do in the child's life. We underestimate the power of God and what Jesus can do in the child's life is awesome. It's a mighty thing what he can do. Whatever the enemy can do, God can do better. Last time I checked, God was still ruling and reigning over the enemy. We even have our foot on him. Well, we need to wise up. You know God can speak to kids? I know that Rob and Joshua, and talking with them, they would say things, and I'm going, you're either 
the most brilliant kids that ever walked the earth or the Spirit of God speaking through you. You ever experience that, parents? They'll say something, that's God. I mean, it's meaning something to them, but it's meaning something else to me, and I'm hearing God speak. I said, wow, God, you're awesome. God will speak to our kids. But here's the good news. God is after your seed. God is after your seed. Even as parents had to take their baby to Molech, parents have to take their baby, their kids, to Jesus. Because God's after your seed. Not to burn them up, but to give them life to the fullest, abundant life, eternal life. God's a good father, a good God. And he wants you to bring your children to him. Because your kids trust you. They look to you. And it's easy for them to follow you to Jesus. And for you to give them Jesus. Mm. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, I can remember just thinking, reading the Bible as a child and just the impact of reading the Word of God. And we didn't have any of those fancy, easy-to-read Bibles like they have today. It was those hard King James, whew, thee and thou and then. But you know, God could speak to a young boy even through that. Do you know, I, my parents got me a, a book and it had the disciples in it. It was my favorite book. I still got it to this day. Now, one of my boys took a crayon to it. I had to forgive them. And then I had to repent. It's just a book. It's not the, even the book. And I'm... <laughs> It meant something to me, and that's, uh, it's, uh, never mind. Had to let that go. How dare you write in this book? Don't you know that's a picture of a disciple? How do you know, Dad? Well, it's, I don't know. It's what somebody thought they looked like. <laughs> but I can remember God ministering to me. I can remember being uh, at a summer camp and how God was speaking to me just as a, a, a kid and God was speaking. Now you wouldn't have known it looking at me. If you ever have taught kids or youth, usually you, you can't tell anything. It's just, uh, you wonder if they're listening. <laughs> then you find out later they are. And in your mind, I, I can remember God speaking and showing me things. It changed. It, it, it set the stage for me to accept Him. I mean, 12 years old, I made a decision to say, I'm going to follow Christ. I was baptized. I had, I, I've shared it before, I don't share it often, but I was 12 years old, asleep in my bed, Awaken, and I open the window, and there's Jesus. Jesus 
was standing at the window looking at me. And I'll never forget it. God will speak to your kids. But you know what? You position them to hear and to receive through your life. Oh, I love the Lord. I tell my kids all the time, but they never see you pray. They never see you read the Word. You never pray for them. We had, there was this tape series called Christian Mother Goose. (laughs) And it was just scriptures. And my boys, don't tell them I mentioned this, Mother Goose, listen to that every night, the scriptures going in them. Every night, I would go, lay hands on them, pronounce a blessing over their life. Why? Because I knew what God had told Abraham. (laughs) I'm going to train these kids. And if you love Jesus and love your kids, you will do that. But see, we get so complicated. We're running here and there, but your first ministry should be to your household. It should start there. Don't get the world saved and your household's going to hell. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. It says, These are the commandments, decrees, regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel. Be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. You will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, uh, promised you. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. So priority we get from this scripture, priority for every marriage and every family. Number one, serve God with all your heart. Wholeheartedly being the same, serving God. Then number two, train your children and grandchildren to love and honor God. That's the priority of family. That should be the priority of of your marriage, of your family, is these two things. And you have to make time for it. You have to commit to it. But you can get, it doesn't have to be a complicated thing. You don't shelter your kid so much they didn't know anything about the world, what's going on. They, they need to see. They need to be prepared. But you use it as a teaching moment. You can... Just about anything on TV you can use as a teaching moment now. (laughs) You can use sports. The reason that coach's wife went berserk and flew off the handle, if any of y'all don't know about that one, but anyway, headline news, you know, coach's wife just goes berserk, and and she did. You can use it as a teaching moment. What should she have done? It would have been nice to just pray, Lord, help calm me. (laughs) I need some help here, Lord. I mean, just simple things like that can help. 
prepare your kids because they don't need to just be sheltered from everything. Then they go out in the world and they're just blasted and bombarded. We live in this world. We're just not of it. So we teach them and prepare them. That's part of that training. In, in verse 7, it says, Repeat them, and this time at the commands, we say the word, again and again to your children. Repeat it again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Parents, grandparents, we have a responsibility to train up our children and grandchildren. And I know when the grandchildren are small, they come, you know, spend the night. Bella and I, they're getting a little old for that now. It's hard to ask an 18-year-old when you come and spend the night for grandparents. <laughs> but... Here's the thing, when they came over, always we always made a point, we're going to put Jesus in this. And it would just come natural, it would be someplace, sometime. Now they knew bedtime, they were getting hands laid on them, and we were covering the Bible some story. That's just, and they, they loved it, they enjoyed it. Or I'd get a book and, you know, read to them. What was I doing? I was... Um, training them and and grandparents whatever the mom and dad your kids say is the law you never go against what mom and dad because you're just hearing half the story always remember that because they know Paul Paul and Mom Mom are going to bless them And even if you don't agree, agree. Because they're living with them. They know. <laughs> There's another story about that, my parents, but that's, that's okay. We'll pass on that. We need to have a vision of the importance of our children. That even at this early age, we can teach them about Jesus. Now, you teach them on their level. I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, you get saved, you need the milk. You know, the worst thing you can do to a new believer is give them a steak. You imagine your baby? Um, I think you need a steak today. <laughs> Have some of this. And we choke them. And many times you find that person not even serving God after a while because they don't understand steak but they understand milk. That's the reason the scriptures talk plainly about there should be foundation. That's the reason we are to disciple people and have people around people. That's the reason we have children's ministry. It's on their level back there. Now, I receive from their level. I see a lot of the stuff that they cover. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> Moving down... Uh, in verse 10 through 13, it's really the result of doing those two priorities for your family. You love you and your wife, loving the Lord with all your heart, and then training your kids in the ways of the Lord. It says, the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you. 
He made a vow to his ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from citterns you did not dig. You will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you leave, uh, when you have eaten your fill in the land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. So the result of serving Him and obeying Him, following Him, is you're going to prosper. Or it's the blessing. You know, God's already commanded the blessing on your life if you're a believer. But if you're really a believer, you'll do what He says because you believe in Him. (laughs) It's kind of like giving. You know, God's already commanded the blessing on us. But if we really believe, we'll activate the blessing by showing we believe, and that's by giving. I mean... If you really believe there was a return, say you you give an offering of $10 and you re-believed a hundredfold increase on that. If you re-believed that, you'd act on it. I mean, you'd be hitting your neighbor up in here. Hey, can I borrow $10? I'll pay you back. (laughs) We're talking about some kind of investment here. (laughs) Hey, I don't have 10 on me. Can I borrow 10 from you? <laughs> if we really believe it. And that's what this thing, that's what faith is. We really believe. Faith is believing. <laughs> it's acting. That we believe. In Deuteronomy 6, this is very important what we've read here to the Jewish people. They actually, they prepare a, a scroll. And it's, it's done... Uh, a quill pen. I mean, this thing is very nicely done. It's rolled up. They make a decorative little case, and uh, they put it on the doorpost or the right corner of the door frame, going in and going out. And if you've been to Israel, maybe you've seen this. But they say you can go to Israel, and it's everywhere. You'll see it in businesses. You'll see it in schools. You'll you'll see it in restaurants. Uh, of course, homes, even the government has it. And what it is is these scriptures. And when they wake up in the morning, they pray these scriptures because they believe it's their conduct for life is these scriptures we read. And then when they go to bed, they recite these scriptures. So they start the day with it. They're remembering it all through the day because they're seeing it as they go about their day. And then when they go to bed, they're reminded of it. Now, when they come across it, if you go in the restaurant and you notice it there, you kiss your hand and you kiss it. And that is the speaking of your devotion and your love for God. Now, we don't live, of course, under that Old Testament uh, guideline there. If you want to, it's, it's fine to do. But we are to daily put Jesus Christ on the throne of our heart, on the throne of our life. And daily, we are to train up our children in the way of the Lord. We're not to let one day pass that we don't do it. This principle is still the same for us. That means 
you can put some stuff up in your home to remind you of what God says. You can put some stuff on your arm as a reminder to reach out to someone today. These things are all scriptural. God wants us to do to do these things. Rob used to have a poster, and there was this poster that was so popular. Um, Michael Jordan was uh, dunking the, the basketball, and it said, Be Like Mike. And I, I love this. It was one day I went to Rob's room, and he had uh, a piece of paper over where it said, Be Like Mike, and he put Jesus. Now, what did I do? I started rejoicing. Yeah, that's my boy. Be like Jesus. Michael Jordan dunking the basketball, something like I do, but not quite the height. But anyway, and there it says, be like Jesus. It works. Jesus is greater than the enemy. And I don't care how many voices are out there, a child will listen to the parents' voice. And you need to get a hold of their life let them know that you love them from an early age. Because other voices are going to creep in. And they may not think you're the smartest thing to ever walked on the earth anymore. <laughs> that comes back around usually. <laughs> well, if you're single, and you're raising a child by yourself. Well, everything that you need is in Christ. And you can ask Him to supply everything that you need to bring up that child in the ways of God. Hallelujah. God has no one lacking. But we've got to rise up and be responsible and get our children into a relationship with Jesus. Grandparents, get with it. Parents, get with it. Because there's many voices out there that are speaking lies. Deception. Speaking against God's Word. But we're to love the Word of God. What day we live in that we can download some awesome videos, some worship that we can, they have Bibles now that children can read. Wow. They have pictures. That was one of my favorite things. They did get me a Bible that had pictures. And I love the pictures. I'd read the story and I'd look at the picture and I would let God speak. And he does. He speaks to kids. He gives children dreams. Children pray. And things happen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. I thank you for these parents, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that our priorities are straight. That we love our children and grandparents, that we take our priority, that we're to train our grandchildren in the ways of the Lord. And God, for it. And let me say this, if you're here and you don't have kids, you should have kids. There should be a kid that you adopt. There should be a, some spiritual kids. There should be some kids that you're ministering to. Because no one's to be barren. No one's to be without kids. And maybe your kids, you got kids, but they're not at home. Well, 
It just means your role has changed. You pray. You intercede. You lift them up. You get a word in when you can. And let God minister. Because they're still always your kids. Never changes. They always will be. No, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, every head bowed, eyes shut. We'll give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. There's no greater decision than you can make to follow Him with your whole heart. To give, it, give Him all your life. He loves you so much. He died for you. He has eternal life awaiting for you, but you have to choose it. You have to decide. He won't force you. It's an act of your will. It's your choice to receive Him or not. But He's made Himself available to each and every one. He's made available a spot for you and His family for each and every person on this planet who ever be born. He's made it available. What will you choose this day? Today is the day of salvation. Today you can choose Him simple you just pray a prayer from your heart that God I'm going to follow you that I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins he paid the price for every place that I missed it every sin of wrong action sense of omission when I should have done right when I should have spoke up and I didn't every guilt and every shame he took for us because he loves us if you want Jesus to say, I want you to lift your hand. Maybe you prayed this prayer before, but you realize you're not walking with Him and you're not right. And you need to get right today. I want you to be bold. If that's you, just lift up your hand. We're going to pray together. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else say yes to Jesus today? Let's pray together. Let's all say, Dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for going to the cross, taking my sin, my shame and guilt, doing it because you love me, paying the price for my sin debt. I receive you as the Lord of my life. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to get in the Bible. I'm going to pray to you. I'm yours and you're mine. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Cause me to be everything you've called me to be. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Let's give God thanks. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.